Welcome to the Player Development Project podcast. My name is Dave Wright, co-founder and editor of Player Development Project. PDP is a website for coaches who are committed to learning, and we provide a huge library of resources which consists of cutting-edge insights from the world's most innovative player developers, coach educators, and researchers. If you want to learn from the best and join a community of like-minded coaches, then check out playerdevelopmentproject.com. On this week's Player Development Project podcast, we answer a question from our community and try to offer up advice on practical problems faced by coaches around the world. Hi everyone, welcome to another Player Development Project Q&A. Pleased to be joined once again by my colleague, PDP Technical Advisor, Dan Wright. Dan, how are you this week? I'm good, thank you. How are you, mate? Very well. Thanks for coming back and uh, joining us for another question from the PDP community. This week it comes in from Terry in London and it's coming via email. Uh, he says, I'm coaching on my own with under nines and my group has expanded to as many as up to 18 to 20 players. What sessions would you recommend to make sure they all continue to improve their ball skills? So a pretty uh, challenging problem there and a real world problem in football sense uh, there, Dan. What are your thoughts on that one? Yeah, I think this is uh, something we've both experienced maybe you know, in the grassroots game where you have got lots of players and it's how do you sort of, how do you manage and how do you organise those guys? I suppose I suppose that's the most important thing probably where we should start before we talk about certain practices. So have you got any sort of resources around sort of, you know, taking on that, that chaos and taking on that sort of interference style practice? Yeah, I think before we get into the sort of detail of the question, it's a great point. And there is, you know, some good content on the website. So Embracing the Chaos by Stuart English, who's been a longtime supporter of PDP, and he's the assistant academy manager up there at Birmingham City. Um, Stu's a fantastic coach. His article in issue seven of the magazine was a really good one. Um, and he's a bit of an expert in this area, particularly with young players. Uh, also recommend the webinar discussion we had with Johnny Henderson over there at Bristol Rovers. Johnny's the academy manager there, and, and he's done some great stuff on the power of play and the performance playground. So recommend that discussion and Johnny's Twitter feed as well. Also, uh, in terms of an article, great little article in issue six of the magazine by Mark Upton, who again is one of our regular contributors uh, from the PDP network. So definitely recommend that content for Terry. But in terms of the actual you know, practical managing of this, what are your thoughts around um, how Terry can go about it? Yeah, I think all the things that would be sort of the, the thread through those articles and through those blogs is probably um, making sure the ball rolling time is high, making sure the guys are getting loads of touches, making sure everybody's involved, and then finding different ways for them to practice those skills in interference, in semi-opposed, in opposed situations. So the, the obvious one in my mind is if you're if you're teaching people to dribble or to to turn and to stay on the ball, you know, there's the skillful ways you can do that with 18 or 20 players. So it could be a ball each if you're fortunate enough to do that and dribbling in and out of each other or, or giving them a target area to get into. And so that they're getting that information, you know, that stimulus of the, there isn't space there, but there is space there. And how do I turn and how do I dribble and go into that? So that, those, those would be the sort of things that I'd be thinking about. And then quickly moving them into sort of small-sided games, whether they were opposed, sorry, whether they were matched up in terms of numbers or overloaded or underloaded. So the guys can quickly take, you know, some of those ball skills they've been practicing and putting them into real-life situations where they can score, where they can win games. Because I think at under nine, that's really important. They want to have fun, they, they want to score, and they want to win. Absolutely. And I think just for Terry's sake, without knowing his level and experience, the ball rolling time that Dan's speaking about there is the, the percentage of time that the ball rolls within the session. So just to clarify, if, if he has a 60 minute session and the ball rolls for 40 minutes of that, then he's hit a 66% ball rolling time, which is pretty good. 
Um, but we would actively encourage uh, coaches working, particularly in this age group, to get that ball rolling time nice and high um, so the players are getting lots of contact time and lots of experience and lots of decision making. Uh, there may be sessions, as we know, where you, where you wind that down a little bit and it may get closer to 50% if you're working a perhaps a defending practice where you may, may need to paint some pictures. But for this sort of uh, question, I think it's important that we encourage that. Um, some good ideas from you there, mate. I, I, I just like to add, I think the... Um, the contact on the ball, so again, managing equipment. We don't know how many footballs Terry's got at his, at his disposal with a big group. Um, so making sure that they're either sharing a ball each or they've got a ball each wherever they can. Doing opposed practices is key. So I know you've spoken about <clears throat> interference and trying to get that, um, you know, I guess movement or triggers to turn and those kind of things happening. Once they've got that competency or they're feeling comfortable, can you stretch them in a fully opposed session, whether that's waves, transition games, whether that's 1v1s, 2v2s, getting lots of repetition so they have to actually learn on the ball opposed is pretty key. Uh, any additional thoughts around this one from you, mate? Yeah, I think if you've got the space, I, I, I would embrace sort of having maybe two or three pitches. Yeah. So I think traditionally we've always sort of thought that, you know, the, the players are here, the coach has to be right alongside for them to learn. But we, we know that learning takes place when we're not there as well, and probably more often when we're <laughs> not there. So, you know, if you've got the space and you've got the, the equipment, maybe set up three pitches and play with those smaller numbers because a, a 3v3 or 4v4 means that these guys are going to get more touches more repetition of those actions, whether it's dribbling or passing or shooting yeah. or whatever, whatever action you want, um, and to use multiple pitches so that so that they can they can still play and they can still have a go, and perhaps then you've got the skill of of going up and down those pitches and sort of monitoring what's going on, yeah. and touching on what you said with ball rolling time, I think communication style and intervention methods here are, are really really important. So going back that traditional sort of stop stand still and the coach being in control and lots of command style is going to kill you. Yeah, your ball rolling time, but it's also going to really disengage those guys and get their their, their focus is going to drift and, and disappear, mm. and then you might have behaviour problems and it all sorts of tends to go the wrong way. So think about how you could be clever with your, your interventions. Could it be on the fly? Could it be coaching one player at a time and pulling them out? Can you use ownership so the guys that are getting get really quickly? Can you make them captains or you know sort of um, care and quality leaders so they're in charge mm. of making sure our passing is the best group? Look at us, down we're the best group. I think things like that will help your session go really smoothly. It will help the guys get loads of touches. And then I think my final thought for this one would be, you know, to think about what does success look like. So success for me in these sessions would be people having loads of fun and people learning and, and getting opportunity to practice. Um, so that, so maybe we have to park our ideals of it looking perfect and looking, you know, like Real Madrid's training session because it is going to look like 20 under nine. So it's going to be quite hectic. Yeah. It's going to need it's going to need people that need the toilet, people that need drinks break, people that need their, their shoes tying. Those sort of things are going to happen. And it's how you sort of roll with those punches, I guess. Absolutely. Well, I think final uh, idea from me is just around the concept of three team games. I think it's important. You know, you spoke about little tournaments and, and multiple pitches, but it's important that, you know, if you've got 18 players, there's three teams of six, whether it's bounce players, you know, one nil games, those things, teams on and off really quickly. I think it's important that you sort of come up with ideas that are going to make sure players are actively involved uh, as much as we much as we can get them. So uh, on that note, Dan, thanks for your time this week, and hopefully we've helped Terry with a few ideas there for his coaching. We'll look forward to another PDP Q&A very soon. Thanks for joining us on the Player Development Project podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at PlayerDP or find us on Facebook. Don't forget to head over to playerdevelopmentproject.com where you can sign up to our progressive coaching community and gain access to our wide variety of resources to help you in your coaching.